Welcome to Despirituality. We've got a really interesting one for you. We just thought it would be cool to, before a devotional article or article or content was published on the site, to talk about it so you guys can hear it being developed and uh, maybe get your own ideas, but maybe get some inspiration from the process. And today, Mike Query is here. He's put together a pretty cool devotional article, whatever you want to call it. It's just a, well, let me just tell you about it. It's called What Time Is It? And um, you're going to be able to find more of this if you go to the site, uh, at uh, the spirituality site, um, and you subscribe or sign up to get the newsletter, you're going to find out about all the different things we're, we're doing. And uh, it's the uh, Quiet Time Kickstart. Uh, Kickstart Your Quiet Time. Isn't it called a Quiet Time Kickstarter? I thought it was Kickstart Your Quiet Time. Okay, right. Kickstart Your Quiet Time. So we're going to be releasing a newsletter so that um, it, we're going to start with like three days a week. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to get, if you sign up for the newsletter, the email will come to your inbox, and right there will be a quiet time for you. That's right. You don't even have to come up with an idea. You you don't have to just use a scripture of the day. A scripture of the day is not enough. Are you kidding me? A scripture of the day? <laughs> A scripture of the day, you know, you know, Mike, a scripture of the day, one scripture for the whole day. There's 24 hours of the cat. Do you do more? Than, do you do more than one? I, I, I try to use half the scripture. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like a whole scripture is too, makes me too full. <laughs> I become spiritually uh, overweight. Yeah, you got to spread that stuff out. I do. I do. I, you know, so scripture over the course of a day, that's, scripture, that's, of the, you know what word an hour. <laughs> so I, so I, got, I, I can only read 24, 24 word scriptures are my max because I have one word for each hour. Sometimes it's going to take me another 10 years to get through the book of Titus. Um, but seriously, I, I've been talking to the team here, and it is just difficult. If you're working a job that forces you maybe to be at work at 6 or 5 in the morning, and, uh, and then you know, you, you, you're know you tired, you're, 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 you're struggling because you had to be up uh, at night with your newborn or you know, maybe someone was sick or you had to finish your taxes because, uh, you know, the, the taxes had to be gotten ready, whatever may be the case. It's hard to wake up in the morning and figure out, hey, what do I do? What do I look at in the Bible? What do I pray about? And so our one of our new goals is to kickstart your quiet time, to give you a quiet time that you can just open up your email. You may be sitting in your car going, man, I can't believe I woke up late. I want to set my mind spiritually bam, you open up your email right there is kickstart your quiet time. And it's just going to roll it out for you. Seriously. Once you're done, you're done. You did it. You got it. <laughs> you're ready to go. Now, am I saying that's enough? There are some people criticizing me right now and saying, I can't believe you're going to let people only do a quick quiet time off an email. You know what? A quick quiet time off an email is better than no quiet time at all. And if you're listening and you're first time listening to us, a quiet times where you read and pray in the morning, you know, when I was trying to get myself in shape, I couldn't even do five push-ups in a row. I was like, that's going to be tough. And, you know, I was looking at all these sports groups, and they're like, oh, you got to do this many and that many. I said, I'm going to just start with, like, five. And if I can get to five, I'm really happy. And before I knew it, I was, like, going over 100 in one, in, you know, in one, in one, uh, in one workout. So I think it isn't like this is the end of your spiritual life. But if you kickstart that quiet time and you can do, you can take these and you can do part of it on, on a Monday and then part of it on a Tuesday, then the next one will be in on a Wednesday and you can use that too on a Thursday. And remember, repetition can help you get things down. Don't let someone judge you. If you're getting it done, you're getting it done. You should congratulate yourself. Maybe we'll start handing out stars, putting stars out there for people. 
you get a three star, a four star, gold you can, stars. You can move into the you can move into the the master thing, the the Yoda stage. <laughs> you know, based on your quiet time. Anyway, well, unlock kick, new quiet times. Unlock new quiet times. There you go. You can unlock new quiet times. <laughs> anyway, I just want to encourage you. Kickstart your quiet time is going to be coming to your inbox if you go to the site. Is it deepspirituality.net? Yep. Yeah. That's right. So www.deepspirituality.net. And you can kickstart your quiet time by subscribing to our newsletter, to the site. And you know what? There's a rumor out there, Mike. There's a rumor out there, Nathan. Did you hear it? That's what Tiger Woods was doing before he won the Masters. That's right. <laughs> That's what caused that the great comeback. That Tiger went to kickstart his quiet time, and yeah. bam, he won the Masters. We gave him the beta. In, fact, he, uh... in fact, I heard the whole Brooklyn Nets team that beat Philly they went to the kickstart your quiet time thing. I'm telling you, it really happened. Wow. I, I, Kenny you know, Atkinson, he's I'm, on it. Hey, I'm just trying to tell people these things are powerful. These, <laughs> now, these were the beta testers. The Brooklyn Nets and Tiger were the beta testers, but now it's open to everybody. So we got Mike Query here. What time is it? Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're feeling okay. You feeling all right out there? Hope you're doing well. And uh, what time is it? Now, Mike, I was reading it, and the title of your 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 piece, your work, your article is what time is it? How to overcome doubt, fear, and crippling religiosity? Uh, and I I just want to read a, a part I enjoyed the introduction. How do you become personally inspired? I, I I thought that was a I thought that was a really cool thing. It's easy to read the Bible, listen to a sermon or podcast, or watch a spiritual video, and generally agree with or appreciate the sentiment being communicated. We should live lives that make God happy and make the lives better of people we interact with every day. However, agreement with a concept doesn't always translate to personal inspiration. I speak from personal experience as a churchgoer for almost my entire life. I regularly feel burnout because of my insistence to try and do the right things without actually wanting to embrace God's plan for my life. I want to have my cake and eat it too. Salvation without having to give up what I want. I thought that was a really cool paragraph, a really great way to introduce an article. Uh, it sounds and... cooler when you narrate it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound that cool in my head when it I didn't, wrote it. It didn't yeah. sound that cool in your head? I'm like, well, mm. it, it made me feel cool. Maybe that's why I read it that way. <laughs> what were you thinking about? What were you, what, what, what were you trying to say? What, do, what were you trying to get across? I'm not saying it wasn't clear. I'm just want you to no, explain yeah, sure. what we were thinking. Well, all right, so... The backstory, I guess. So, you know, prior to, you know, we had talked about some ideas for different Bible study devotionals we wanted to put out there and came up with some high-level topics. And uh, I took this one on, and it was going to be called What Time Is It? And there was a a big picture kind of uh, goal or message that we wanted to talk about, which was, and we'll talk about it more in a second, but essentially, you know, God determines the times and places of things, and he has big plans for your life, and he's, you know, it's about understanding where you live and what's right. going on in the world around right. you. And so what do you do with all that and kind of taking action? So I started writing that, and then I realized probably after doing a draft, I'm like, that was like, uh, I felt like I was writing a book report more than actually talking about how the Bible has What do you me. mean by you felt like you were writing a book report? Meaning like <clears throat> there's scriptures that I can read sometimes and yeah. kind of talk about like what the concept is yeah. or like what's a, like one of it uh you know there's this Are you saying there was like a a bit of distance? Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of it, not necessarily the authentic mic. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was it's, trying to report on something that I'd studied 
as opposed to experience and learn Correct. from and grow. Yeah. Instead of going like, hey, here's how I've seen this Bible, how, how I've seen these scriptures work in my life from personal experience. It's yeah. more like, here's what I think the scripture is trying to say. Right. Right. And that's, it's a, may not sound like it, but I feel like there's a difference because when I kind of read through it, I'm like, I don't know if this study were being done with me, like if someone were reading the scriptures, yeah. like if I would feel really much different after. Right. right? Because there's no kind of like, oh, wow, I had no idea that, um, that that's, that what you do with those feelings or that's what you do with, uh, yeah. you know? So I, after reading it and we had talked and I listened to more scriptures, talk to more people, I kind of started narrowing in on this idea of, um, I didn't come up with it myself, but like the idea of, uh, religiosity, meaning like, um, being so into religion and yeah. like a set of principles and rules yeah. that, yeah. um, that you kind of lose the heart behind what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and so that, it started to click with me. I'm like, I'm talking about these really giant level concepts, right? Like, was there like a a, a scripture or something that that really like got you going? Because sometimes, I think everybody out there can relate. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it and it's you know one of the things we've been doing here, deep spirituality, is a lot of a lot of research, a lot of personal examination uh, on this on the theme of spirituality and religiosity, and we hope to bring you a podcast on that uh, in the future. Yeah. Uh, a big time podcast, big time set. We don't know because we're just doing a lot of stuff on it. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like when I'm studying my Bible, I want to read it, but I can't make it personally apply. And then mm-hmm. what happens, it seems like, and you're talking about this, is we end up studying and going, okay, where was the cultural location? What's the what's the original language say? Right. And right. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But in the mix of doing that, we end up having a book report quiet time, to use right. your terminology. We now <laughs> yeah. know a whole, we now have a whole more, lot more knowledge. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of like a person who reads a book about working out, right. and they know all the things, oh, you ought to do this exercise, you ought to do that, but they never right. exercise. Right. And I think one of the things about getting past that book report stage is reading your article, it seemed like you started to talk about your own struggle and the messiness of the journey of trying to grow spiritually. So right. was there a scripture that just kind of, helps you get there? Yeah, I think what clicked, I started reading um, uh, Exodus and reading about Moses. Okay. And uh, I, I like Moses because, uh, I mean, I'm never going to be a Moses because he was the most humble man on earth, but like... You never know. Yeah, <laughs> one, one day. But like he um, he had a lot of insecurities and deficiencies or whatever, but he talked about that with God. So in Exodus chapter four and verse 11, I'll read it. It says, uh, then the Lord asked Moses... Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as I spe- as you speak. I will instruct you in what to say. In verse 13, but Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone, send anyone else. Anyone else. <laughs> anyone. Like literally just grab anybody. He's desperate. Sounds really desperate. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I think like, the 11 and 12 is kind of like God's charge, you know? And uh-huh. I think yeah, what I was doing before is writing about, yeah, God says, go do it. And it's almost like the book report, quiet time is kind of like the trying to pump people up. Yeah. But then you miss like verse 13. That really got me. It's like, God, please anyone else. And in that whole chapter, you're just talking, like trying to get out of God's plan. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and I relate it because I'm like, yeah, that's me. I, every step of the way, I try and like get out of responsibility because I'm insecure. I'm afraid. Um, I don't feel good enough. Do you think that's what Moses was? You think he was insecure and afraid, and that's why he wanted to get out of doing God, God's God's plan? Let's see. My understanding of it is, I see. You know, he was insecure about his. Uh, I'll use my word. I don't know if I'm right or not, but he was. He had his 
speech issue, yeah. right? He had, um, yeah. you know, his, um, he had his, the, like the fear of, again, I, I kind of get a little tricky because I don't know what he was feeling. It doesn't say like, you Moses know, was fearful, I don't think you have but, to be a Bible scholar. I know there's a lot of people out but, there who feel so, like you got to be a Bible scholar. I don't think you need to do, I don't think you need to. I think you just yeah. need to say your insight from your personal experience in your life is what matters. And I think that's what we all have to understand. Yeah. Can we make some mistakes with the biblical stuff? Sure we can. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think we really just want to hear, un, at least I want to hear unfiltered what you felt about the scripture and how it got you here because well, where you it, ended up was a good place. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, then I go, I look at Moses, I go, I'm looking at like the task ahead. Hey, like go. And cause part of that, he's kind of going and like, cool, I got my life here in Midian yeah. now and I'm going to chill. Uh, and it's like, go, you're going to lead all these people. Right. And you're going to go lead them out of oppression. You got to talk to Pharaoh. Right. You got to be bold. And, and con- conf- conflict, whether it's talking with my wife, anybody, like, is difficult for me. Right. Yeah. Like, why we, is that? Why is that? It's, you know, it's funny. Like, my wife and I were getting, we got in a lot of fights like last two weeks. And, yeah. and they were taking a while to resolve. Sure. And what she was feeling is like, hey, every time like some emotion comes up, like, you get really quiet, sullen. <laughs> like, and it's mean. It's like manipulative. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, manipulative. And then I kind of, but. What happens is I feel I have all these feelings in my head and my thoughts, but I'm like that's not right. Yes. Right. Yes. So I, why would I say that? Yes. Right. Like I go, I get I get bitter and angry because you know if she's anxious or whatever, but uh, I'm like, but I caused it. Like she's anxious because I'm not carrying my load. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. taking care of business. So I'm like, well, you know, why would I say I'm bitter? That's messed up. Right. right. So I, I talk myself out of like feeling all these things, um, but when I do express some stuff. Uh, or she's just feeling anything like I just start feeling like, is she mad? Like, is it all on me? Yeah. And um, it's uncomfortable. And so through these conversations this past couple of weeks, I've, you know, my wife was kind of, hey, you got to like probably take a closer look at how you grew up, you know, what it was like. Yeah. Kind of growing up without, yeah. you know, both parents in the home. Yeah. You know, having a, a sibling and mom was, they're emotion, more emotionally expressive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so how right. I handled that by just kind of secluding and listening to music and escaping and stuff like there's there's things that are built in me some some dysfunctions and stuff that make it so that so i I say that to say i don't have all the answers but i know it's what i need to figure out so when moses was kind of like balking at the idea of like kind of he wasn't going like yeah god he like he kept going like he said god got mad at him so would it be accurate to say that what you're saying is that personally identifying emotions expressing emotions and then Listening to and Im- ingesting the emotions of others mm-hmm. is very challenging for you, stressful maybe uh, for yeah, you. Abs- absolutely. And so it's not even so much that you're afraid in the sense of you feel that you're threatened as much as it's overwhelming. Because right. it sounds like you got a lot of emotions going on in your head a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty we'll emotional. That impression, I'm but... a pretty emotional person, but I'm an extrovert, yeah. so I tend to it tends to come out of my mouth. Whatever's right. in my head tends to come out of my mouth. I don't have that gear, right? And that yeah. drives my wife crazy because she's just like, let's just hash it out. Let's yeah. like throw stuff at each other. So, which you know, is good, like, which is good. Yeah. And yeah. So she wants. To, so she's just like dying for me to like say like I hate you or anything. Right. Um, but I just don't have that gear, and that's missing in me, and yeah. it drives her up the wall. And so that's 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 a kind of a mystery for me. So I think what's cool and and that we're learning with you on the scripture is you identify with Moses personally. You you read this scripture, and I think this is helpful. I, I don't know that I do this. Mm-hmm. I maybe I do. I'm not even. I'm not thinking about myself right now. You you read this scripture, and you got very personal with the scripture, and you related to verses eleven and twelve, and you related to the emotion that Moses was having right. over anticipating <laughs> what he was going to be expected to be and do as a leader. That's right, yeah. And and seeing just like how, 
And I think that it was more than just a one-off. Like he was multiple times going like, is there somebody else or what about right. my speech? Yes. And then eventually he just kind of was like, literally I can just anybody else do it. And, and I just, it felt like, I'm like, that's how I feel like all the time. And so it's interesting that your title of your article is what time is it? How to overcome doubt, fear, and crippling religiosity. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, uh, it'll be rolling out soon. I think you'll see it uh, by Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, coming out. I that's, think. That's when right? this drops. So by the time you hear this, it'll, it'll be out. Yeah. So by the time you hear this, you, you'll be able to go and read the article. But I think what you're basically saying is, and I don't know that I read this in your article, but what you're basically saying is there's a time that God has and there's a time that we have. Mm-hmm. And part of developing a great relationship with God is getting on the same time page yeah, as he's on. Right. That's what right, you're trying to say right. in your article, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And I, that's just for everybody out there. You know, sometimes what Mike is talking about, we can get bitter, we can get angry. And I hope nobody out there is surprised that Mike and me and everybody else argues with their spouse. I mean, I think that's <laughs> where I come from. That's called communication. But, you mm-hmm. know, some people are perfect and I don't have that gene and you don't have that gene. So for the imperfect people who mess soon. up all the time, keep on um, sticking with us on this podcast about what time is it, how to overcome doubt, fear and crippling religiosity. Hey, I have something for you here. And it's not in the first paragraph. You say this. However, agreement with the concept doesn't always translate to personal inspiration. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the difference is there a difference? And would you ever consider that personal inspiration has to first be personal conviction? That inspiration is a temporary thing, but conviction is a permanent thing. And so I'm wondering, do you really mean when you write, however, agreement with a concept doesn't always translate to personal conviction? That's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering. Because then you write, I speak in personal experience as a churchgoer almost my entire life, which means as a churchgoer your entire life, you've been very good conceptually. I think that's what you're saying. Right. But the hard part is turning a concept into a conviction. Is that what you're yeah, talking yeah. about? I mean, you use the word conviction, which is probably the, the right word. I think the, the idea between like momentary kind of emotions versus like, I believe this, I'm going to live by it regardless. Yeah. Is kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, because, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I can hear something and get stoked about it, um, but then walk away and it doesn't lead to change the first sign of, of some of that emotion coming in. Right? So I may done. steal this from you some point, but I'm, I'm thinking about what you're talking about, and I want to hear more scriptures from you in just a little bit, but I'm thinking about what you're talking about, and you're basically saying when, we, when, we're, when we're listening to a podcast, we're listening to uh, or watching a spiritual video or reading a spiritual book, article, or we're reading our Bible, mm-hmm. we are affected by or come in contact with concepts. Right. And then once we get that concept, and I'm just rolling with this yeah, here. Yeah. Once we get this concept, we have one of two choices or one of two paths we can rock on. We can either develop a conviction or we can compromise. Hmm. Yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah, I'd say I came so. from my wife a little bit. I, stole <laughs> I, stole, I, I read something she wrote and I was like, oh, well, I, I, I kind of wrote about this. <laughs> but I just put it all, I put you, what she said and what you said together and I went, so one of the challenges is when you're, when you're out there, are you going to develop a conviction or are you going to compromise? Right. And compromise is to go in any other direction besides God's plan. Right, right. And, right. and I, I think that, so compromise is not a good word because I, for me, it's usually, like I'm actually okay at like reading the Bible and like highlighting words and concepts and going, oh, that's a cool kind of insight, right? Right. But I think it, for me, it becomes compromised the moment that I'm confronted with something and then choose not to do you know what I just yes, yes. read. So if it's like being honest about something, you know, like about myself, like some anger, criticalness, um, some lust, you know, whatever thing about me that is in there when I decide not to talk about it, yeah. you know, or if I decide to see a truth in someone and not bring it up because I don't want the, the 
the conflict and it becomes compromise in that moment, I think, right? So that it kind of exposed that it never actually became a conviction. I never really agreed with it. Today's podcast is brought to you by DeepSpirituality.net. If this conversation interests you, head on over to DeepSpirituality.net for more content, devotionals, commentaries, or even YouTube videos that are all aimed to help you walk with God like never before. While you're there, make sure to sign up for the newsletter and you'll be able to experience our new campaign, Kickstart Your Quiet Time a personalized morning devotional right in your inbox every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure to head on over to deepspirituality.net. Now, back to the show. So you, you, you also write a pretty cool sentence where you say, without an emotional connection to how God is moving, the Christian life can feel monotonous or burdensome, leading us to settle for religiosity as a coping mechanism. Now I've done a lot of work on religiosity, a lot. (laughs) I never ever, and I'm probably going to steal this from you too. (laughs) I never ever thought of religiosity as a coping mechanism, primarily Mm. because I grew up not being religious, not being interested. And I, I, I I just, (laughs) I never, that is the coolest (laughs) insight I've ever heard in my life, I think, or at least for today. I always, I hear stuff every day. Insight of the day. Yeah. It's the insight of the day. How did you come up with that thought? Well, you got to be religious to come up with a religious ah, thought. Ah, <laughs> okay. No, okay. I, I, it's uh, so to me, like there's like a, like a comfort I can find. It's like a false sense of security. But like if I like go to church every week, right? If I do kind of like X amount of spiritual conversations with people, if I do these things, I can, it, it makes me feel like, like I can tell myself I'm a good person. I can yes. tell myself I'm probably okay, right? Yes. I can look at my, see my deficiencies and going, well, I'm going to church though, right? So there's, there's kind of like I, I rely on that stuff too much, right? And yeah. it becomes kind of my source of truth. Like my, this is what I know is, is this is how I know if I'm valid or if I'm a good person, right? right? So it's, I kind of just end up relying on that because I, I, I'm so like afraid of dealing with like the real heart stuff. I'm yeah. like, I have to rush. I need to win somewhere, I guess is is what... I can generally feel, right? And when I don't feel like I'm getting wins at home, meaning like, okay, I'm obviously not doing a good job meeting my wife's emotional and spiritual needs, Mm -hmm. right? She's dissatisfied. Uh, Like I'm not really close to a lot of people. I don't feel effective in my job. Like there's a lot of areas I can fall short in. So I have a, as I'm thinking about it, what I've noticed, again, I didn't grow up in church and I, I think there's a part of me that is, I guess when I was first Christian and for a long time as a Christian and probably even now people say you're very, you, they say you're a worldly person, meaning they, <laughs> that's how they can worldly, prideful, yeah. you know, et cetera. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm as, I would say I'm as comfortable in a church service as I am in the world in any environment. Like I don't feel any stress at all <laughs> being in the world, like none, zero zilch, yeah. you know, and that's cause I, I spent a lot of time there and my mind was shaped by many things that are secular and science oriented and all that. And so what I'm wondering in my mind is, is it possible that sometimes as Christians, when we're nervous and anxious in the world, we can go to our religiosity as a coping mechanism and become insular and separate from the world. And so instead of building relationships with people of all stripes and, and everything, we can retreat into our own insular environment, only talk to to the people we know from church on Facebook only interact with people socially that are kind of church people. And I don't mean to make that sound like 
you don't you don't want to be around other people, right. but that you're not as comfortable because what happens is your religiosity, your 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 being religious becomes a way to handle the stress of life. Yeah, yeah. Is that is no, that? I'd, I'd say so, and that's exactly right, and that's the the coping mechanism part, right? It's like in job, marriage, I think for sure, like at home, like a lot of the stuff gets exposed like yeah. the most, you know? And then, so you, you end up feeling like, okay, church is now or whatever sort of uh, Christian type situation you're in. This becomes like the place where I can sort of see the idea of myself that I have come to life, right? Where I'm like the guy with the, I'm the leader, I'm the guy yeah. with the, my opinions matter yeah. or whatever. And so, and there's so many different ways to manifest that right like there's oh i'm gonna be the guy like i i do music and stuff at church right so it's yeah. like uh, i'm gonna make that's gonna be my I, yeah. i'm gonna get a win yeah. there i remember like some years back like i was like really into i'm gonna do all music at church and it's gonna be because i'm failing everywhere else and yeah. so this yeah. is gonna sure. be my thing sure it's gonna and be my... led to a lot of compromise because i'm like yeah i just get anybody in the band it's like yeah. oh you don't believe a guy and you're smoking during the fellowship breaks whatever get on, <laughs> get on stage that was that, that was, was you smoking during the break by the way mike <laughs> well, I'm, glad that... you, I'm glad you opened up about that yeah. mike. <laughs> yeah. that's another story <laughs> those monte Cristo cigars you were smoking right right and, and that was a true story too like i had people on stage doing that stuff at yeah. church because i was so desperate like i need good music because if i don't have that yeah what am i right yeah. and there's there's so many different things like that um you know any other parts of church or the the community stuff that happens around church right? see and i, and I think that, that that oh yeah nathan you're gonna I would, yeah i was just i think what you're talking about with the religiosity and as a coping thing i was just kind of relating to that mike uh, and what you what you had written because i was having a conversation with my wife the other week like just last week about like how, asking the question like how often can we go through a whole week and only are conversations of any significance are only with people we go to church to. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, go, yeah. We yeah, know. Yeah. Right. We actually have no other conversation <laughs> that is, like, of any depth with anybody out, outside of our little sphere of bubble, right, you know? Right, I was like, that's really weird. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. we... Because I get... I'm very... I grew up going to church my whole life, so I definitely go to the... I see it more as, like, checking the boxes off in my head so I can feel good about myself. Yeah. And even... I think even the somewhat of the genesis of this like kickstart your quiet time thing that you were talking about in the beginning is because we can wake up in the morning, read our Bible and pray. So we feel good about ourselves, but we never actually had any interaction with God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I realized I would feel so much better about myself and so much better about my day. If I just do the the checkbox of like read, pray, man, I'm feeling pretty good today, you know, yeah. but I never really like, there's nothing transformative going on in myself. I'm still very, I'll go throughout my day feeling extremely anxious and insecure about what, what people think and doing everything I can to please people well, and feel good. And that's the thing that I feel because I get really messed up inside. And I think in this study helped me like, it's because I'm, I'm like very much a hypocrite. Right. And it like, even for today, preparing for this podcast, I felt a lot of anxiety because not necessarily because of the idea of speaking in the mic, but because I know like, I don't feel great about my life like last two weeks, you right. know, like I haven't been out there doing Bible studies to help people yeah. or like just loving or serving or doing good. So right. I'm like, the heck am I going to talk about? Right. So I, I have to, that's where the book report stuff comes in. I'm like, well, if I can just talk about the Bible, like in a scholarly way, you yeah. know, like maybe yeah. that'll kind of make up for it. Cause yeah. if I share like what's really going on, like that's going to be, and that's maybe like where it's sort of inverted the thinking. I'm like, what help is that going to be? Exactly. But actually, that's probably going to help people if I just say that. Yep. You know, um, I'm a big believer in that. I think that again, you'll be able to look on the site and find Mike's study. What time is it? And what we're trying to do a little bit is an experiment of 
having a podcast about the articles, how they're being created, why they're being created. And then when you read it, you'll under, you'll understand a little bit of the backdrop, a little bit of the backstory of the article. And, and like I just had been pointing out, I love this line Mike wrote and Nathan just re, uh, reemphasize this without an emotional connection to how God is moving. The Christian life can feel monotonous or burdensome leading us to settle for religiosity as a coping mechanism. In other words, religiosity or going to the outward behavior, I call it religious behaviorism, the outward manifestations of a behavior that makes you fit into church that can become the way that you cope with failing spiritually. That can be the way Mm -hmm. you cope with not maybe having success in some other area of your life. You just start going through these motions and, 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 and everything. And I think Mike's done a really great job with that. And, and my whole idea and the principles and stuff I'm working on is breaking away from that. And right. anybody who's been going to church for a long time, including myself, you f- we can fall into these habits and these patterns. You go on to talk about in the article uh, uh, a few sections, understanding my times, understanding the times, and understanding God's time. And I think it's tremendous. I just want to talk to you in closing about a couple of things uh, that that just I want to highlight that caught my attention uh, in the article. Um, You said uh, you gave a really good definition. You quote Psalm 3114, which says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Again, that's Psalm 31, 14 through 15 in the NIV. And you do a good job, I think, it encouraged me of defining uh, something. Trusting God means believing that everything in our lives is happening for a reason. I actually thought that was really awesome. <laughs> and and it gave me a lot of faith. I sat there and went, yeah, because I, I can end up with so many different things going on in my life, so many different uh, right. projects, responsibilities, things I'm trying to drive that I get become a control freak. And I'm like, okay, I can't figure out how to make that one happen. Right. And then I get stressed about it, you know, and right. feel the anxiety over it and then feel the pressure to step in and do something that really someone else should do. And when I read it, I went, wow, trusting God means believing that everything in our lives is happening for a reason. I've read a lot of spiritual material I don't remember ever coming across that sentence anywhere before. Mm. So I'm going to save that one. And the other thing is you, you wrote a question. Do you have this attitude towards God influencing you and your decisions in your life, meaning that he's guiding you? I thought that was really, really cool. And then you make another point. Despite assurances from God, Moses still managed to be resistant to what God had in mind for him. I love that. (laughs) Despite assurances. And this is in the section where Mike is talking about understanding my times, meaning that that, that, and I've done this. I'm doing this now. Yeah. Uh, knowing what God wants me to do, but because of fear and insecurity, I'm resisting it. And right. I just thought you did a great job hitting that. And I wanted to ask you a question. Why, it, attached to this, you chose Matthew 19, 16 through 26 about the rich young ruler. Why, yeah. did, you, why did you pick that passage? So I thought with that one, and you, you can... you want to read any of it? Because uh, I, thought, I thought what was really, what I thought was really cool well, do you want to read? Does any of it mean a lot to you that you'd like to share with everybody? Yeah, I probably just going. I, I can read an excerpt from it. I yeah. mean, if, I would encourage whoever's listening to read the whole section, Matthew nineteen, uh, verse sixteen to twenty six. Um, but essentially, you know, um, I'll just start at sixteen and then um, go through twenty. It says, "Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good?" Jesus replied, "There is only one who is good." If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, 
Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 20, he says, All these things I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? And then, um, and then, actually, I might as well just read this last two verses. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And I think the the reason I chose it, you know, he was so like, had like this checklist approach to life, you know, like just give me the things that if I just do these, like I know that I'm going to be okay. Right. You know, and end of the day, like I think everybody wants to like, you know, be happy and know that, you know, they're going to be okay and right with God and stuff like that. But like, he didn't have anything in him that was like, Hey, like, how do I know if I'm like close to my, my, my friends, you know, or how do I know if I'm living a life that's like impacting people for the good? His question was like, I've done all the things. Is there anything else? You know, and it put Jesus in a spot where he's like, you know, cause I can do that to people, like make them try to make them God or something. Or I mean, Jesus was God, I guess in this case, but like I can make people just go, Hey, just like I put it on you. Like, Hey, tell me what I need to do. And if you don't tell me, then it's your fault that I'm, my life's not turning out right. So, so you think, do you, do you, you think that, that when he was listing out, do it, I like what you said about the checklist. What did you call it? Checklist? Like a checklist approach to life. Checklist approach to life. I like that. So you think you think that's what he was doing? He was leaving a checklist approach to life in order to be able to get get the sense that all right, I want to do these things so I can be happy, and I want to do these things so I know that I'm right with God. Yeah, that's my impression because he he is he grew up religious and and it's not, I don't even want to like be down on it. like it, you don't control like where you're born into right. So he grew up religious and probably trying to do good stuff, but it seemed to me like in that he kind of missed the point of it because his goal wasn't to get close to God. That wasn't like his ultimate goal because right. Jesus knew the one thing that's like, all right, we'll throw this at you. And then yeah. it kind of messed up his whole world. Well, most people think it's about money. Yeah. I didn't even really think about money specifically. Yeah. You're saying in your view, as you read it, you're going, I don't think this is about money. Yeah. What do you, what do you think it's about? Um, I think it's about how we all have something in us. Well, the two things, one is what I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, we, we just want to get things done so we can you know, have a list of things that I can do so I can just be done with it and not have to actually, you know, commit myself or get my whole heart into it. Okay. But, but also I think that we all have something in us that we don't want to let go, um, that we sort of hold on to for yeah. security, you yeah. know? So he was, if I was rich, I'd probably feel pretty good about that. And I would want to stay rich. <laughs> <laughs> if you get rich, how could you lend me some money though? I yeah. like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll Low see. interest rate, like zero. <laughs> but then he, um, he probably got a lot of his security out of that. Like his identity. Like he's like, yeah, this you guy. know, and I, I appreciate what you said about, we, you know, you, you want to get down on the guy. I mean, I think that people appear in the Bible, uh, that are there to help us understand ourselves as they're understanding themselves. Right. And he went away sad. We don't know what eventually happened to him for all we know. He was at acts two and, 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 and was one of the first people to become a Christian. We, we, right. we, 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 we don't know. What we do know is that you are correct. There was something lacking in his life. You read, you read in the passage, um, I want to find this again, verse 21, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And perfect there, I believe, is, is that word is, is akin to complete or whole. So a lot of times we read hmm. perfect and we think, uh, perfection. Don't make any mistakes. But what he's saying is, you're you you don't have a whole life yet. You got a half life. You got a partial life. Mm. And I think sometimes what happens when we do checklists, it's because we're trying to get it done, right? And we don't know the goal, right? Like I I I I know for me for a long time as a Christian, and I still have areas of my life like this. 
I didn't know what the goal was. I became a Christian and I was trying to go, okay, how do I not sin? How do I not blow? Right. I mean, right. that was my main thing because I was like coming straight out of the world. And most of the things the Bible said, I used to read to go figure out what to, which one of them to choose. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, hey, these, this is a good list. I think right. I'll go do some of these. And now I was suddenly in this position where I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to do those. And so I was really <laughs> obsessed with, because I'm sort of an obsessive person anyway. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can't do that one. 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 And I was really riveted on that. And it was very stressful because I was like, okay, it wasn't, a, it wasn't just a checklist life. I was like, I got to follow the checklist to make right. sure I'm doing what's right. <laughs> right. And it, it, it really took me a long time to figure out that the checklist wasn't the point. The relationship was the point. And that, in mm-hmm. fact, I could throw the checklist away. And if I would just focus on having a great relationship with God, loving God, uh, like right. you said, getting into a position where I was letting God lead me right. to the destiny he had in mind for me, right. Right. building friendships based on them helping guide me toward that destiny. Right. If I did that, I didn't need the checklist. And I think right. what you're really advocating is... Throw your checklist away, people. Mm, yeah. Stop sitting there and, and, and keeping track of your righteousness. Right. Stop there and going, oh, I, I did a good day today because I, you know, I'm, it was like I'm, I'm, I'm Steph Curry. I shot eight of, twin, eight of 12 from the three, so it was a good game. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I did eight of, I, I, I kept out of eight of 12 of the sins. So now right. I've only got four <laughs> sins and I'm feeling good. I'm trying to get my percentage down to where I'm shooting about 60% from the field of sin, <laughs> you know, and, and just get rid of all that. And, and really, Jesus is telling him that, I think. Yeah, I think he's saying, "Look, dude, I heard you say about the checklist you got, and that's good. Can't be down on that. But there's something you lack. Right, right. You only got one problem. You think you got ten or twelve. You only have one problem. There's only one thing keeping you from loving God, and that is that you want to get your security from a thing, and not from a relationship. Right. Well, and I think that doing that, like, and it's a good lesson because." if you have that approach and this has been true for me, like if I'm like always looking at, did I do everything right? Um, you're pretty much guaranteeing like setting yourself up to get, uh, disappointed <laughs> or getting get hurt or down. Absolutely. So when I got into like a fight, I recently with my wife was, you know, I came home and, uh, it was a normal day. The last night went well, you know? And so I come home and she's like, Hey, let's talk. I'm just getting in touch with some stuff. You know, let's let's talk about them. Feeling, and I was like, "Where's all this coming from?" Right? And I just kind of like, and I had a really hard time. I I reacted horribly. I just got down and mad and stuff. Yeah. And and uh, and later, you know, we kind of debriefed and talk about it. And she's like, "You know, it's normal for people to like, get in touch with stuff and bring it up." And I'm going like, I was looking at it like, okay, I woke up when I needed to. I got the you know yeah. out of the house on time. Yeah. Like I helped with the with yeah. the kid. Yeah. Like why are you mad? There's nothing I did. My performance. There's no reason you my should be mad. performance is not worthy of and, this and response. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a disproportionate response to yes. whatever. I have. And my mind literally cannot wrap my mind around. I cannot wrap my mind around why she was reacting that way. The idea of like someone reflecting, hey, let's talk about just how our relationship has been. Yeah. I was like, what? What do you? So, anyways. And I, see, I, you talked about religiosity, and my 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 discovery in that arena is that religiosity. I think is it and the way we're defining that really is uh practicing your faith as an act instead of a, a faith experience where you're really living by right. faith it's right. what you call a checklist it's it's all the outward stuff and it doesn't mean you're bad if you fall every i I've, I've fallen into that where i'm just I'm just living religiously I'm not living by faith right. I'm, I'm committed you actually use the word commitment in your you're writing, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I like that, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. my experience of commitment is that commitment is distancing. 
I'm committed yeah. to being at the services. I'm committed to reading my Bible. I'm committed to praying. Right. You can be committed without having your heart in it. It's like when I played Little League football. I went to all the practices and I did all the stuff, but I hated it. And, and I agree with that. because, And I don't even remember how I use it in the context, but I, whatever you say is the sentiment I agree with. So whatever word I need to use, I'll clarify because I do feel like it, I, I do get I, – I pride myself on my ability to – uh, you know, not miss stuff or like be like the most committed yes. kind of Christian guy. And then, you know, I get down on people who aren't right. Yes. And then it's a way to feel better about myself. Yeah. And, and you I'm start, like, you start, you start, I hate to say judging people by, did they finish oh, totally. the checklist? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you got your checklist? What's your checklist? <laughs> so what I, what I've been when writing about, it's not on the site. You can't get it yet, uh, but I'll tell you here <laughs> is that religiosity operates at two extremes, self-righteousness or self-condemnation. Mm. The self-righteousness usually is I'm, I'm in denial about any of the areas that I'm, I'm weak in. And that was the rich young ruler, right? right? He was in denial that he loved and relied on his financial security. It wasn't money, but his, he got his security from the fact that he had enough possessions to take care of everything and control his life. He could say no to his boss because he was rich. Yeah. He could say, I don't care what you think because I'm rich. Right. So he put his security there. And Jesus is saying, look, you don't have a problem with stealing. And you don't have a problem with adultery. And I'm not even worried about whether you're honoring your father and mother. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you right now is none of those are your problem. Right. You may do one of them from time to time, but none of those are your problem. Your problem is you're getting your security from a totally different place than God. And it's not going to work out well. Right. 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 It's just not going to work out well. And, it's, and, and, and I think what happens in those modes is when you get the checklist, you can get self-righteous. You can look at everybody and go, well, you haven't done as well as me on the checklist and you haven't done as well as, well as me on the checklist. Right. So he has that element to him, I think, right. of the, you know, it says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, blah, 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 blah. He lists them all out. And then the man says, all these I've kept. The young man said, what do I still lack? He basically was like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think right. he expects Jesus to go, dude, knock it out of the ballpark, man. <laughs> you scored an A. You're right, good right. to go. In fact, you may be Jesus, and I may be a young, rich, young ruler. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I think he basically was putting his confidence in his checklist. He's like, right. I got this checklist, man. I've done this check, and I've met people, and I've been that person who's, like you were talking about, gets really frustrated. What else do I have to do? I've done all the rules. Right. Why are right. you on my case about this? You know, what, right. what, uh, I used to get mad. You need to be more, more loving, Russ. What do you mean? I've done all the rules. <laughs> I mean, how much more loving can a guy do when he's following all these rules? I'm tired right. of right. following these rules. And so he does that. And then so that's the self-righteousness then he goes to the other extreme Jesus says well you know you have this problem here and 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 you you know you're loving your security and treasure right and then he goes to the other extreme which is self-condemnation right he gets depressed right Walks and away. gets discouraged yep. and I think what we often don't look at is that being religious and focusing on your outward behavior inevitably will either make you self-righteous or it'll make you self-condemning because once you turn mm the eyes of self-righteousness with which you look at others on yourself, you'll never be free. You'll never feel forgiven. And I've been right. there where you, you, no matter how good you're being, you can always find something wrong with yourself. Right. And what's nice about your article is that you do a really good job of, of expressing, I think, emotional honesty about how difficult it is to grow up in the culture of religion and the struggle to get, to break away from the culture of religion to get to the faith of God. Right. And there's a right. whole di big difference between culture of religion and faith in God. Right. And one of the things that, uh, you, that, that was in here is in verse 25 in the scripture, it says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. I think you pointed out earlier, there are things we're holding on to for our security 
that can absolutely displace God. Doesn't right. even mean they're bad. It was not bad that the guy had treasure. Right. God was just, Jesus was just saying, probably, you got way more than you need. Right. And it's getting in the way. Why don't you give some of that to poor people? Right. You'll have a little <laughs> bit less and you'll be able to see me. Right. And the man freaked out because that was his security. Money is not all of our security. It could be our appearance. It could be our height. It could be where we went to college. It could be our intelligence level. Right. But whatever it is, it isn't necessarily bad. Right. It's that you've gotten to the point where it's displaced God. Right. And so when I read your article about what time is it, how to overcome doubt, fear, and crippling religiosity, the reason I would read it, I did read it, the reason I read it, and the reason I think everybody should read it, is because it gets you started on a journey of being emotionally honest about where is my relationship with God really at, how much do I really understand God's plan for my life, and how much am I, you talked about a lot about your marriage, how much am I talking to my wife, my friends, about what's really going on inside, and being willing to have that messiness of the struggle in the journey to get to a better relationship with God. Hopefully you'll check out our quiet time. What are those things called again? Kickstart your quiet time. Kickstart your quiet time. One day I'm going to get that down. (laughs) Hopefully you'll check out kickstart your quiet time. You'll subscribe on the site to the newsletter and you'll be able to get it. We're going to do a good job. You'll be able to get three of those a week. You may ask, why aren't we going to do more? Because we want to do a good job, not a bad job. We don't want to just give you junk. And so we're going to try to master three days a week. And then if you guys like it, you can go to the site, send us an email and tell us we love it. Give us more and we'll add Tuesday and we'll add uh, Thursday. And then if you email us more and say, give me, give me, give me, give me, we're hungry (laughs) out here. We'll give you a weekend version too. Although I think our Friday version should be good enough for the weekend. And don't feel bad about using the email quiet time. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Don't let someone make you feel bad about it about that whatever it takes for you to get started you know later on you can be bench pressing 350 or running a marathon but well let's just start now by joining the race this is deep spirituality we'll see you next time around thanks to mike query for a great article that you'll be able to find on wednesday i think and read it as well as listening to the podcast have a great one